This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome, my friends, to the Wolverine Winning Speedway Show doing at Madur. Here at NPR.NG999 AM, we talk Speedway, Robertson Holden, International Speedway. Plus, we talk with drivers and track managers, promoters from other tracks around New Zealand. Chris, how are you? Oh, welcome back to Doing It in the Dirt. And uh, it's just me again this week. It's just Stu in the house. And uh, I thought uh, after last week's Brisket F1 Championship of the World for the uh, the F1 stock cars there at Ipswich, which we will be catching up with our Kiwi boys. And I'm on the hunt to get the world champion Charlie Swarter on the show. Uh, no doubt about it. But we thought we'd stick with a bit of UK flair because it's um, our, my second favourite class over there, or formula over there, is having the world final uh, this weekend. And it is the Brisker V8 Hot Stocks. And joining me all the way from uh, wherever he is, he'll tell me in a minute, he's parked in a car park. Um, a lot of people know him in New Zealand. Uh, a lot of people know him in New Zealand. It's our favourite v- uh, V8 driver, James Bellows. Bellows, mate, it's good to finally have you on my show. Ah, it's been a long time coming. Bully yeah. for this all week. <laughs> mate, it's, um, I got a bit crooked earlier in the week when we are going to record this, but uh, mm-hmm. firstly, I just want to touch, did you head down to Ipswich for the F1 final? I didn't know how I stopped at home working, trying to earn some pennies for this weekend. Yep. Okay. Well, we won't talk about it then because you didn't see much. You saw probably just well, as much as what we did. Yeah, I saw plenty of videos and all sorts. Yep. Yep. That's what I mean. You saw pretty much just as much as we did. So uh, yeah. either way, it's your big uh, world final this weekend and your world final's happening at Buxton. Yep. Your favourite track, too. Can I just quickly say and apologise to the promoters here? <laughs> I don't like Buxton. It is a heck of a place. It's a great place. It's a grassroots track. I just don't. It just doesn't like me. I actually don't think. Yeah, you met the wall fairly hard, didn't you? Uh, courtesy of you too, my friend. Courtesy of you. So um, this is the class that no I way. raced in, and at the track that I raced in, it's a bit of an uphill to turn one and two. It's downhill to turn three and four. Um, but let's talk about this world final, mate. For starters, James, you qualified through. You're starting on row 12, putting you about uh, inside row 12, so about 23rd on the grid. It's a fair way back. It is a long way back. I just had a bit of electrical problems early on, but when we got that sorted, we got going. We had a good run in Scotland and booked in to get onto the grid. So I'm happy to be on it, but I wish I were a bit further up. Yeah. But in saying that... Um, being down the back doesn't necessarily matter too much because with these world finals, all the big guns are at the front, which means all the pace, all the, I can't even say all the testosterone because there's females in the field as well, but yep. all the all the elbows up, everything's at that front and, and they're going to wipe each other out and you're going to sneak through. Well, that's the that's plan, hopefully. <laughs> Well, everybody crash out. I can just race around on my own and still probably end up crashing myself. Yeah, probably. Probably. That is probably <laughs> the case. Um, how, how does Buxton actually treat you? How do you find Buxton? I do really well at Buxton, to be honest. 
it, lots of people don't like it, but I think it's an awesome little, awesome big track. It's long straight, but it's proper, the bends are quite narrow, so it's quite interesting when you get to end at straight. So I love the place. It's just a thrilling going to bend and wondering whether something's going to wire me off, off or not. Yeah, because it does have, it's one thing I did notice, it has a lot of pace at Buxton. You've really got to get on the brakes early into the corner and then power yeah. it through. Yeah, no messing around around there. Start, once you start messing, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're back down there in 23rd. Now, for a lot of people wondering quickly what the difference is between what our boys raced on the weekend with the F1 cars and the hot stocks, what are, I guess, the key differences? Engine, gearbox, tyres, diff, go. Uh, the, the med, they do look the same, but the V8 is a bit smaller. We run Rover V8 instead of Chevy V8. But a lot of drivers do run the same gearbox to Doug Nash. Uh, some of them do still run the old ZF box. I know one or two drivers run transit box. And we race on road tyres, not fancy racing tyres. So your tyres are controlled, aren't they? You still have to buy yeah, them yep, from the we association? To, we have to buy, yeah, we have to buy them off the club. We all run on the same tyres. We're all on standard shockers, leaf springs. Everything's basically standard apart from probably engine and gearbox. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, with the Rovers and that, there's two size engines, though, isn't there? The three, you can run a 3.5, three, three and a half litre, 3.9 litre, and a 4.2 litre. Yep. So, in your car is? I've got a 4.2 litre in mine. Yep. Now, now, probably dumb question, because it's probably the same here. 3.5 litre, 3.9, 4.2. Are they all sort of de-stroked to be the same, or is that actually if you have a 3.5, you're disadvantaged against a 4.2? With a 3.5, you can do a lot more to it engine-wise to do it all back. So compared to a 4, to it mainly standard, you can do a little bit to it, but not as much as a 3.5. Gotcha. It all depends what's in the real book. But a 4, 2 is nearly standard anyway. Yeah. No, totally makes sense. So basically, your four two ends up being the standard, and your three five yeah. and your three nine is what you bring up as a race spec. You can, yeah, you can bring them up to up to spec. You can spend whatever money you want to bring it up within the rules. But then a bit more you can do to them. The four two is more standard, so it's more powerful engine anyway. So don't get me wrong, people people do run three five and be fast but it all depends on how much you can spend. Well, of the three engines, what is the most common used? Um, a lot of, it's about 50 um not 50 probably, I don't know, 40% use 3.5, 40% use 4.2s, and everybody else use a 3.9. It all depends what you can get the hand on at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite funny, you know, like... Um... I mean, the Rovers used to be big over here in racing and stock car racing, and I guess in super stocks in the earlier years too. And and um, now uh, I, uh, we haven't seen a good one go. Uh, uh, sorry, we haven't seen a Rover go very good for quite a while. Probably back to um, trying to think, um, Bernie Fox when he was two NZ in the stock cars. About I don't know, maybe it feels like ten years ago. 
So it yeah. just shows. Although the Levine boys, the Levine boys are supposed to be building a couple of uh, theirs for their new cars. So that could be interesting to see. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. So the big world final, let's have a look at some drivers. Who's your defending world champion? It, number one, Steve Thompson, who's been quick on both services this year. He is the man to beat. So he's starting outside front row. Um, do they yeah. do the same? Do they do the same with you guys? You have semi-finals and and coin No, tops? no, we just we just go off of points and whatever place you come in points. That's where you start at grid. Like if you top up points, you start at inside, and then then you just go just make the grid like that. Roger. Okay, so top on points doesn't actually get to choose inside or outside. They just on pole and that's it. Um, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So, Steve Thompson's the current champion. He's on the outside of the front row. Inside yeah. front row is Kevin Stitchbury, uh, one one three one. Now, yep. He's the British champion. No, he's the national point champion. Silver top. Yep. Yeah, silver top. Yeah, Steve's the British champion as well. Yes. Yes. So that's that's them. So then we go back row two. You've got Stephen Young, one seven six. How does he sort of go? He's quick. He's a quick lad. He, he won the Scottish Championship in June when we went up there. So he's not afraid to use the bumper. So he'd be up there if he wants it. He's got the. So he'll have the blue and white checker top. Yes, he's the blue and white checkers. Yep. 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 Just in case people come across a video after this. Now, here's a name that a few Kiwis may know. Outside row two, 288, John Brown. Um, if you were at Miani Speedway or oh, back in 2020, I think it was. Yep, 2020, and you're at Miani Speedway. Now, this man uh, was driving Graham Barr's car, and he gave Jason Long an absolute run for his money and um, and beat him as well, did John. Now he's outside row two. I watched him at the at the British, and yeah, very very good driver, of course. He just, um, I think he was probably biding his time a bit, but seems like just if he put that bumper in a little bit earlier, he could have actually gone on away with the title. Yeah, he's one of them in a stock car race. He just got that split second decision. Sometimes it paid off, sometimes it don't, and unfortunately on the day it didn't pay off for John. It's all experience and time and track, that's all. Yeah. But he's definitely, I mean, outside of row two is a is a great spot to be at the front, but um, at the same time, is it not really when when you're outside row two, you you know, into that first bend? You just thought, hold on tight, I believe it. I've never been up that far up front. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. If you get around first, then it could be anybody's race. It doesn't matter where you are, Grid. It's all about surviving. Yep, exactly right. <clears throat> Much like the F1 final, you guys have overseas entrance. Um, and like the F1s as well, they start on row three. I see there's only yep. two spots for overseas entrance. I'm guessing there's a couple of Dutch drivers going to have a skid. I haven't heard out, but I'm hoping so. Just make it, make it a proper world final. Yep, it's a bummer. Uh, maybe a, it's a bummer. Probably a couple of our Kiwis couldn't have stuck around for a week. 
I know, but it's a long, it's probably too, probably too long a way to be from home and with the cost of everything, it probably won't be easy. Yeah, exactly. I think um, last time was it uh, Nigel de Kock? He's had a run a couple of times, I think, eh, in the in the world final. Yeah, yeah, yes, and a couple of the Dutchies, yeah. Yeah, Nigel's, uh, I mean, he hasn't been here to New Zealand, but obviously his brother's been over and Nigel's, I guess, yep. one of our adopted Dutch uh, favourite drivers, even though he hasn't even been here. Yeah. <laughs> um, little driver in Nigel. Oh, he's great. He's great. And to think he's so young, you know, I, I thought he was yep. a lot older than he is. Yeah. Um, the old yeah. Dutchies looks, always look older than they are. <laughs> Exactly right. Craig Thompson, now I'm guessing that's uh, uh, Steve's brother? Yes, it is, and it, he's found some form on tarmac lately, so I won't count him out either. Yep, well, there we go. We, yep. we, raced, last, we raced at Skadness on Thursday night. I think he won both heats and finals, so, so I won't count him out. Yeah. I mean, to win both heats and a final is a um, massive, massive feat uh, over there for sure. Yeah. Um, and then you know you start the lap. Basically, you start the lap down on the Grand National, and if you can make your yeah. way up even into that top five, is pretty impressive. Let alone win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cammy Durrell, uh, another driver who a lot yeah. of Kiwis probably know about. Um, obviously, her cousins, um, Terence, races over here in the yeah. in the twenty two R TQ. He used to race mini stocks in the two one two. He just finished yep. up racing over there in England, joining Mitch. Yep. Um, so Cammy and Cammy's raced over here as well in the in the latest yep. championship a couple of years back with Phoebe. So this two six two, she is from what I've seen, like she's sort of been in and out of the class the last couple of years. I know she had a new car yep. built a couple of years back, but she basically is the standard of of female drivers in the V eights, isn't she? Yeah, she is at the minute. She's got she can drive, can last, she can stick. Stuck in, can keep she's stuck in with everybody. So I think she's got an outside chance if she can keep it going. Plus, she's related to the women, so she will never give up. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, <clears throat> technically, she's six. She's six on points because it's only because of the overseas entrance that she's yeah. a, a row further back. Um, it just yeah. shows how how good she is because I know from watching a bit of V8 stuff online and following the V8 Facebook page, you know, those four drivers at the front on the front two rows, they are well above clear and beyond the top drivers yeah. in your guys formula. And, um, you know, so to, to only be one row further back shows just how impressive she is. She, would you sort yeah. of say um, what we've got over here in the terms of Beck's, and Rebecca Barr, uh, and then would you say she's like the Rebecca Barr of the formula of the V8 stocks? You could say that, yeah, because she's one of the fastest drivers on tarmac, and she knows how to drive a race car anyway. So yeah, you could you could say that, yeah. Yeah. Now there's actually five females in the field, which is it's huge. I mean, uh, was it this year we only had one. We only had Catherine in the world final yep. last year was Catherine and Phoebe. And I feel like there was one more. I feel like there was three. Um, but either way. Yeah, they were, they were Wendy, the duck driver. That's it. Um, but to have five females in the in the V8 field, 
Um, just looking through, is it Hannah? Um, yeah, Hannah Andrew. Got, yeah, she she was racing when I was there. She has a great great peddler in her own right, and you yeah. know, know they have a lot of sponsorship to do with various events. But it's yeah. um it's obviously um you know these female drivers there are obviously bloody great drivers. Yeah, the they're just as good at men out there. They just got the good cars and they know how to drive them. It's, they're hard, they're hard at men sometimes. Well, when I look at the grid there, Billows, um, I'm just having a quick squiz to make sure I know this. Three of those five girls are starting ahead of you, mate. I know. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Being gentlemanly. <laughs> Being a gentleman. Exactly, exactly. We're talking with uh, Mr. 402, James Billows, who has had a run over here in New Zealand um, in the past. He, he drove Carol Pajewski's car when you were over here. Um, actually, to be fair, she jumped in your car uh, when she was over there. How How do you feel? You know, this is a while back now, but she fared yeah. up pretty good, didn't she, when we're talking about all these females? Yeah, yeah, she kept her head down and not going. I made a friend that they won't wear like the Kiwis do, but I'm pretty sure she enjoyed it. That was actually in the world final too. She drove it, didn't she? Yeah, she did the uh, Northampton meeting before and the uh, Buxton World Final as well. Yeah, so she would have started near the pointy end, wouldn't she? Being an overseas, yeah. Do she, you she want? I think she want outside of row three. <laughs> oh, mate, mate. I tell you what, when I'm when I'm back over there for the world final, let's just make sure there's a few of the overseas drivers. I, I'm not really sure I want to start that far up the grid. <laughs> either you that, enjoy it, pal. either that, or um, I'll happily take responsibility for some dreams being shattered. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's who's your sort of dark horse of? Of the V8 racing, do you reckon, over there? I mean, there's plenty of names that I know. Um, mm. But for, for the Kiwi fans, with this world final, you know, I see someone like um, Tom Spencer now. He was a good V8 driver. He's obviously made the step yeah. up into F1s, and his, he's been scrubbed out of this world final. He would have been quite a good dark horse from the back of the field. But who's sort of yeah. in, that, in that, you know, down the, down the grid that could be quite a surprise? After the last form at Buxton, the lad started in front of me called Craig Kelly. He was quick last time round there. And he does everything, everything himself. He builds his own engines. He builds his own axles. Everything he done with the car, he builds it himself. And he was quick last time round Buxton. He passed me like I was still still, and I was doing all right that day. So if he gets a good start and everything goes his way, he could be near, from, near the end. So what colour roof is he? He's a blue top at the minute. On the fact that the lack of meetings he's done, but he was on he was on fire last time at Buxton. So for someone like yourself, he's actually probably good to start behind. Yeah, so I, I said to him, "Well, you do hot work. I'll just follow you around." <laughs> Hook the tow rope on, mate. Hook the tow rope on. Yeah. <laughs> I so, tell him you've been a petrol as well. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um. So, so with this world, for, I mean, Steve Thompson, he's looking for three in a row from memory. 
Yes, he is. Now we saw that come to an end for Tom over the weekend. Yeah, I think I'm thinking looking at this field. I know you said he's quick, but I feel like they're not going to let him this time. From what I've seen, no, they won't let him. They won't make it easy for him anyway. Because <laughs> everybody wants to win, so he's got a fight on his hands. Yeah. If it's a, probably a silly question to ask James, but I, I, you're an honest guy. If you can't win it, who who exactly who do you want to win it? Who do you who, out of? I mean, you guys are a great bunch, your close mates and that. But who do you who would you love to see at the top of the step? Well, with Brian Andrews, the amount of time he's been at job and how far he's been close, and always there to help anybody and anyone with anything. So, and he's a good lad. Good art. He's been at job since '87, I think. Ah, oh, right. I never just managed to get that top step, so I hope Brian. I hope Brian does it. Well, he's another one who's on that inside row. I mean, he's got a couple of our mates in front of him as well. Matt Barnard. Yeah. He's another one who's yeah. had a, a skid over here, and and um, his dad Andy's an absolute good bugger. Yeah. Um, helped me a lot over there, and of course. Guy Jolly is right in front yep. of is in front of Brian. I, you know, he's yep. uh, Mr. Meerkat Racing, triple yep. two. They're all good lads, but I just if I can pick anybody to win it, it would be Brian. Yeah, that's cool, and that's like I say, you know, we we all want to win it ourselves, but um, mm. at the same time, we uh, we like to have um, you know a few a few favourites outside of it. Um, I see there. Rob Scriven, that's yep. not the Formula One. Rob Scriven, yes, he's the uh, he's lad Michael Scriven raced in New Zealand a few years ago, number twelve. Yep, he's been doing it a long time. He raced F one for a bit, and now he's coming to the eight. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, there you go. Look at that, mate. It's it's shaping up to be a big one um, at Buxton. This Sunday, the 18th of September, um, it'll be Monday, our time. Um, yeah. Crikey, last world final you had was uh, it was pouring with rain. Is that how's the how's the forecast looking for this one? It but the forecast looks all right at the minute, so hopefully it stops like that. Because boxing in the rain is not fun. Yeah, yeah. And put it this way: you can't you can't you can't see the other side of the track. <laughs> and the other friends. thing, the other thing I will say, because a lot of Kiwis are probably going to ask this after we finish talking and this is played, there's absolute no chance of a live stream. There's absolute probably no, no chance even no. of um, anyone going live because there is absolute no reception up in Buxton. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it probably will be on YouTube in a day or two. Yeah, that's a, we just have to. We just have to wait for everyone to come home a, a day or two later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right, mate. Um, do, do you think with the V8 stocks, and I know we sort of talked about this while I was over there, and I know a few of you, the other V8 drivers, it'd be good. You know, we used to have World of Stocks here in New Zealand, and yeah. we used to have a few of your guys come over and race that. Yeah. The, winner, the winner of that used to come race the V8 stocks. Do you think yeah. we need to start trying to link up a little bit of that stuff again? We do, yeah, really, because it gets a bit 
like I know I keep offering my car out to New Zealanders, but half at down is usually just just too far after the F1 wheel final, it's too far in front. It, it, we struggle to get it somewhere near. And this year we got it a week after. But I know other years, I know last year when it was at Bradford, it's like it will obviously couldn't come. Then like in 2019, it ran in October. It just it struggle, we struggle with timing sometimes when we get meetings. Yes, so hopefully in the future we can link up a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say last year and this year. I mean, last year I think was the week before the world the F ones. I think this year, obviously, the week after. Yeah. I think, you know, you can't obviously have them the same weekend, but I mean, um, mm. well, I think, no, sorry, last year was the day before the, the F1s, even. Um, it was, that's how that's how it was. Um, but do you think, yeah, obviously having it the week before or the week after, I think would definitely yeah. benefit, um, benefit yeah. the cause, for sure. I mean, yeah, if you have to come over for a, a two-week instead of, you know, 10 days... Uh, I know yeah. it's expensive, but it could make it well worthwhile. Yeah. Um, when you see to organise it better as well with drivers over there, give them, give them time. Is there actually many cars over there available, you know, for the likes of us Kiwis if we come over? Um, you know, like we've got cars, it seems there's plenty of cars for, for uh, yeah. UK drivers to use. I mean, crikey, we've got 300 of the bloody things parked around the place. Yeah. Um, but is there actually enough of the V8 cars if we came over to actually pick up a car without you guys losing a seat for yourselves? Um, the lot of top drivers really got two cars, and when it's a tarmac world final, it usually is. But it's harder when it's a shell world final when drivers run two cars. They don't, it's hard work altering it all the time. But it's easier to alter it for race a shell car on tarmac than a tarmac car on shell. But like I said, all on my cars always available for New Zealand to have a plane for the world final. Unless you unless you're starting up the front. Yeah. But it <laughs> what it is. Yeah. I, I you just want to race over here, that's all you want, isn't it, Billows? <laughs> I, I like getting that wall. <laughs> uh did you tip did you tip the car over when you raced over here? No, I didn't roll it over, no. I came close. I drove up water because it's Stratford, but I never roll over. Ah, there we go. Because you, you're, you're the king of the rollovers over uh, yeah. on the VX, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm good at rolling over. <laughs> how how long have you... We're sort of going a little bit round and round, but, I mean, the world final, yeah. it's this weekend. It's going to be great. I, I just love promoting it. It's, um, you know, it's I guess the feeder class. I don't... It's quite weird. You've got F1s, you've got F2s, you've got V8s, but the V8s are more the feeder class to the F1s. Yeah. Um, as weird as that sounds, but um, that's happening this weekend. We can't wait. We're going a little bit backwards here, Billows. What about your racing? When did you start racing, and, and how did you get into racing in that? Uh, I started minis when I was about 14. I did two years in that, then I came into V8 when I was about 24, where I could afford, and I've been going racing since I was about three weeks old, because my dad's mechanic was John Lund, probably the name you might have heard of over there. Bit of a name drop there, mate, Mr. Sir yeah. John Lund. Sir John Lund, the king, 
Yeah, I've been going with him till I'm about probably about 20, 21. Then my mate Austin, he started racing, so I started helping him. He raced the 127 car, so started helping him a lot. And now I took a back seat when now my racing took over. Nice, nice. So, quite a while you've been you've been involved and um, yeah, you've been it's racing been my life. Been racing the V8s probably about five, six, five. yeah, five, six years. Uh, yeah. And this will be your third world final. A third world final, yeah. There we go. I'm hoping to do more than ten laps. Is that the is that the most you've done? Yeah, I done. I think I've done ten and a half laps in two world finals. Wow, there we go. Yet to finish a world final, Billows. Let's make that the game. Is yours 25 laps as well? Yeah. 25 laps. There we go. Big stuff, mate. Big stuff. Big field. Total grid. Big just, field. Just having a quick look. Uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be 17 a good rows, grade, yeah. 30, 32 or 34 cars, depending on everyone turning up and, and getting into yeah. the grids. She's definitely going to be a big one. Um, I can't wait to hear all about it. Read all about it. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an hard race. I think it. I, I think, think it certainly plenty, will. Plenty action, I think. Yep, no doubt about it. Billows, mate, it's great to finally talk to you on the show. Um, it's yep. it's in the morning over there, and I, I yep. better let you go and get some more some more logs done so you can get some more pocket money yep. to to um you know give yourself every chance of having a great world final and finishing. Yeah. And, and more pocket money to come play over there this this January. I was just gonna say, are we gonna see you back here in twenty twenty three for two forties and teams? Only if you're buying the beers in Q. Uh mate, the beers will be flowing. I think a fair few of our lot owe you some beers after what you done to me over there as well. Quinton Hammond's owe me a crate. I know that much. <laughs> so I'll be cashing in my deal then. <laughs> oh, mate, too much. Hey, awesome stuff, fellows. Great to have you on. Good luck for the world final. Yeah, pal. Say good day to um, say good day to our Everybody. mates over there, and I, I say it. Can't yeah. wait to see you, and hopefully uh, join you next year on the grid. Right. Thank you very much, Joe. See you in a bit. Righto, that's James Billows in the 402 of the V8 Hot Stocks and talking about their world final this weekend at Buxton Raceway. We're going to take a real quick break here at Doing in the Dirt and we're going to be right back with a very special tribute to the New Zealand Super Swimming Champion, Peter Dixon. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Oh, welcome back to Doing It in the Dirt here on NPR Triple Nine AM, or as most of you are probably listening to us on demand, npr.nz slash show slash D-I-I-T-D, or of course uh, Spotify, or of course Apple Play as well. Right, uh, during the week we lost a, uh, well, not only did we lose the uh, the monarchy, the Her Majesty the Queen, but we lost um, the king, the current king of Super Saloon Racing, and the current New Zealand Super Saloon champion, Peter Dixon. Now, we spoke to Pete uh, January 2021, just after he won that second New Zealand Super Saloon title uh, at Waikaraka Park. And we thought, what fitting way for us to show tribute to Pete 
and his family and his team, his friends, by replaying that uh, that awesome interview that we got to have with Peter Dixon just after he won the New Zealand Super Saloon Championship. So here we go. From January 2021, we've hauled it from the vault. Peter Dixon are winning his second New Zealand Super Saloon Championship at Waikaraka Park. Right, we move from uh, one New Zealand champion in the Superstock ranks to another New Zealand champion. This time, guys, a two-time New Zealand champion now. The uh, 17M of Peter Dixon, but I guess now we call him 1NZ. Welcome in, mate. How's it going? Good, good. Right, New Zealand Super Saloon Championships at Waikaraka Park. Bruce Robertson was just in here before saying uh, apparently it was the best track uh, Super Saloons have had for a long time. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was, the track was um, super drivey for basically the both nights. Probably the first night was, was real grippy and everyone was, you know, quite surprised. So, and then the second night it did um, lose a bit of grip, but it was still racy the whole way over the track, which was good and, and offered, you know, probably three or four wide, or three wide anyway. Yep. Nice. Well, your results uh, definitely showed it. Looking at your qualifying, uh, you picked up two seconds and a fifth on the first night. Obviously, uh, the car proving itself around uh, Waikaraka there. Yeah, it was, it was good. We probably weren't expecting to be that good there, but um, we knew we had good pace, but you know, you never expect to be really good, and then our second night was pretty much flawless, so you yeah. couldn't do any better. Looking at that second night, uh, you started... Near the back of the field, if I look at your grids in front of me, say I think it looks about a ninth and a tenth, and you won both qualifying races. Yeah, the car was um, super hooked up, and I just tried to find where my car was good, and, and everyone else wasn't on my line, so <laughs> you know, made it easy passes, really. Yep, yep. Was it was it more suited to that high line or the low line? Because with the, obviously, you're in the Cowley Motorsport team, your car's completely different, but their Pro-X cars, we're so used to them, Running that nice square corner down the pole line. How was your car hooking up at the at Waikaraka? Yeah, mine was better suited to the top. There was a few. It was starting to run up on the bottom pole line as well. Where where I couldn't get, I could get through them pretty good, but if I could pick a line, it was definitely the top. It just ran through there really nice. Yep, nice. When did you know you had won it, mate? Um, well, I guess. <laughs> When I passed Chris, obviously I had to be faster than him. So yeah. I knew I knew we had like a car for one or two then, and then the yellows were a bit frustrating because I didn't yeah. know what was going on behind me. So when I seen the the white flag, I th- I thought someone was going to, have to do something pretty good to get past on that last bit. Well, Craig Carwell did for third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that's the one. So in general, though, the uh, this. What do you call it? A CB1 chassis? Yeah, CB1. So what does that stand for? <laughs> well, no one really knows. It was a bit um, come off Chris's head, so... <laughs> um, Is that Chris's bald or something? <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be. I don't know what goes inside his head sometimes. But, um, <laughs> that's the name anyway, and it sort of has a ring to it, you know. I think we're all getting used to the name. Yep. It's actually quite hard to come up with a name for a chassis as we, we sort of all tried and didn't everything sounded real funny so and then he sort of rang that off and then we said it a few times and yeah it stuck that's the one so this car that you've built this this cb1 um how where did you get the ideas from does it come from mick quinn's car is that the sort of the the basis taken off then throwing in a bit of the the cowling the pro x ideas as well obviously you've worked with hypermac as well so 
you've you've kind of got the pick of the bunch to put all the ideas into one here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's come like obviously the the base of it has come from the late models in America, and then I've been playing around with that for this is my third year now, and it's been a bit hit and miss where times have been really fast, and then obviously last year I drove the Hypermac in the in the Pro cars and both for four bar. And then um, Morrison and me decided that we'll, we'll <laughs> cut the Pro-X up, so basically cut it back to nearly nothing and then and have another go at it. And, and well, obviously, yeah, our New Zealand title meeting was pretty much perfect for us. So now it's the, the plan is just to get it consistently good. Like It, it can be hit and miss, so now we're just going to go out there and, and race, hopefully consistently. So that that as you saying, you literally cut it up. If we go onto your Facebook, the PD Motorsport Facebook page, you put some photos up earlier today of this, just a bit of plate and a couple <laughs> of bits of pipe. That's the Pro X car from last year. Yeah, so it's basically <laughs> cockpit that I sit in that we, and then we also use the top roll cage to go back on the car. Yeah, but everything everything else here was we um just stuck it on like a made up a chassis bed and just. Build it up, and that's what we come up with. Far out, unreal. Eh? <laughs> do you do you think that's where they're heading? Is the late model look? Well, I, I guess the, I just really like the late model look. So, but you can put anybody on the car. To be honest, yeah, it doesn't have to be that body. It could be a Proex body. It could be a Hypermac body. Yeah. It could be, you know, and then people like the the car look bodies. Well, it could be that. It, it, that doesn't stop what goes underneath the car. It's yep. The only thing is just panelling, so it's pretty easy to change. So what what you're saying? Because obviously we're to be fair, we're more um, stock car kind of guys, and you see a lot of people on Facebook, and they go, "Oh, you know, we don't like the the late model style looks and all that." So what you're basically saying is, you could put a a Mustang shell, for example, on the on the Super Saloon in fiberglass, and really. Does it affect the performance in the way of aerodynamics, or doesn't it really? Um, it's all down to your suspension and what's underneath anyway. There's probably a wee bit of aero on it. I guess the faster the track, obviously, the more aero. There, there will be a wee bit of the late model because they sort of, you know, the front bumper is meant to seal off, so no ears going under the car. It's all going over. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, with, uh, say, an old-school Camaro or Corvette where it's going to be a bit harder to do, so they won't be quite as good in the aero department, but I don't know if you'd be able to tell on these on tracks. So I guess, yeah, but I don't know if we'll ever know. Oh, no, <laughs> fair enough. It's just something that, you know, you always see people harping on about the looks of them. To me, fair, I think the, the Super Saloon class is great that there's such variety and people are trying these things. And, you know, you've even got Marty Halker at one stage who was still running the, the old school proper Camaro-shaped body and things like that. I think it's great, you know. The saloons are there to keep road cars going, I suppose. Um in general, the the results have been clocking over though this season. I see you won uh, the saloon, the Super Saloon Gold Cup, and um, on your trek to Waikaraka earlier this season, you picked up the feature win there. So, obviously, things were building towards this New Zealand title quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, like those <laughs> those couple of wins for the New Zealanders definitely helps confidence as well. So, another only two wins I think we've had this season. Yeah, other than that. We'll Oh, we've been okay in some races, but then some races will struggle as well. So well, it hasn't just woken up one day and we've we'll, we'll been really fast. You know, we've been trying to work towards it and then just to make everything come together. And, and, and the four-bar cars have probably got a small window, 
So you've you got to be pretty pinpoint in your setup, yeah. and, and then they are really fast. But if you're a wee bit out, then and then you're way down the field somewhere. So yeah, yeah, it's just just I guess seat time at the end of the day. The more seat time, the better you're going to go. And yeah, yeah. are you going to get out and show it off a bit more now that you won NZ? <laughs> yeah, we try. I think. Um, well, obviously we're out there this weekend at the Grand Prix in Tauranga, and then. I don't know what else is coming up, but we'll try to get out there. I think we're going to maybe head to the South Island at some stage as well, so that'd be pretty fun. Sweet. We've got the North Islands uh, over the hill here at Miani uh, coming up, the, I think, the weekend after Team Champs, so about the 13th of February. So uh, that'll be good to see the, the 1NZ on a tight track like Miani. Yeah, yeah, and and also we we have our North Islands there as well in yep. March, I think. So, yeah, that, that track would be quite cool to, to have a go on because, yeah, I know they can do a drivey track and it can also be slick, so, <laughs> nice. yeah, it'd be exciting to go, go on a wee tight track, I guess. That's the one. You've been 2NZ in the in the saloon ranks and then the year later when you made that step up into the super saloons, I guess, full time, you picked up the New Zealand title. Now you've picked up your second New Zealand title. Is it sort of, I mean, I know you've only won it on the weekend, to be fair, so probably still sinking in that, but does it feel... Nicer, you've won it in a car that you've practically designed and built yourself as such. You've got a team around you, sure, but this has come from a scratch idea. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a hard one, I guess, because when you're first one and you're on title, yeah, it's pretty wicked because it's your first one. But I've done it in a car that was already sort of known to be fast, I guess. Yep. So, to, yeah, to come away with a win that I've sort of been developing you know, over three years and then... You know, teaming up with Morris over the last couple of years and and having some real bad results. I think Huntley, well, we got dead last with New Zealand champs there, so it was pretty hard to take in. But yeah, to come back and to win in a car that's helped develop and yeah, it's pretty special. And not like you say, it hasn't sunk in yet. I think once you get the numbers on the car and you go to the track and then you see the crowd and people, then, then I think it'll kick in. Sort of because I've just raced, now I'm back at work, so it, just, mm. it feels like I've just done another race meeting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, I guess the banter can uh, to, can go on between the, the cowling camp because Steve's won it, you've won it. Um, we're still waiting for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Chris will get it one day. Probably, um, well, he's been second twice now, so, yeah, he's definitely there. Well, he's always up there, so... Um, He'll be in line at some stage. For sure, for, yeah, sure. for sure. How about a shout-out to your sponsors, mate? Yeah, well, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, our sponsors, Taranga IDM, um, Base Up, Tuna, we've got um, Permapine, um, Bib, Liz Harrison, Hyabs, um, Base Up, um, Lucinda Ebert at Harcourts and Christchurch. Um, I think that's all. <laughs> I got, yeah, we've got I... quite a few people that have us out, so it's, you know, it all helps at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the one. One, one thing I, I do got to ask it. I've never asked the other two boys is in the cowling camp. They have got the, the fluoro colours. Who decides what colour they get? Because obviously that it's just you know it's the, the feature point of the cars. Do you draw straws? <laughs> do you have a favourite colour? <laughs> oh, I think this year was just um, well, Chris was yellow last year. I think he's been yellow for a wee bit now, so that was his colour, and then. Steve's been on for the last couple of years, and so obviously that's colour. And then we we're just trying to figure out what colour I was going to go, and a fluoro colour that could be done in vinyl. You, you can, I could be pink, <laughs> <laughs> green. So, 
I think that was pretty much the flow of colours I could <laughs> So, so when we see a fourth cowling car, we might see it in pink because it's the only other flow of colour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it could be pink. Sweet. <laughs> Great stuff. So, the cars all signed, written up with a new number on it. Uh, well, we're <laughs> we're getting it done as we speak, really. Um, Chris is just designing the numbers up because obviously he does all the sign writing as yep. well. So he's got to change all the cars because obviously Steve's not three anymore. So he's oh, got yeah, to do Steve's and he's, he's got to do the two car and the one car now. So over, I'll, I'll say that will be done by tomorrow night. Nice, nice. And at least uh, with the uh, US having some late model models already done up, we might be able to see a a one NZ done up like the old one. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Um, might have to get something done now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, Pete. Uh, oh, just quick, are you going to sell any merchandise? Um, yeah, I'm in just trying to get something designed up and then yep. hopefully get some money dead tops that I can sell. That's the plan anyway. Yep, nice. Hey, Pete, good having you on with you. Congratulations on that New Zealand title. And uh, we will. I will definitely cross paths with you at Miani. I'll be up there calling your North Island chance when it comes to town. Three years, looking forward to it. Cheers. Champion, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was our final chat with Peter Dixon after winning his second New Zealand Super Saloon title at Waikaraka Park uh, in January 2021. A man who, uh, well, he was just a phenomenal driver, wasn't he, in the Super Saloon ranks, um, first with the Hypermac team, then his own, you know, outings, and with um, with the Cowling team to finish off. And uh, one of my favourites was actually last year, you know, when he was going through all his treatment and came back, had a race, and the awesome livery that uh, Chris Cowling put together, a bit of a montage um, of all of his previous uh, saloon wraps all into one, looked bloody cool, um, and was definitely a great tribute to the man. A man who will forever remain uh, 1NZ, and I'm sure the team at Beachland Speedway in Dunedin will have a fitting tribute for him with this season's New Zealand Super Saloon title. Our thoughts go to uh, Pete's family, friends, teammates, and all the other competitors that he's you know touched and, and um, been a part of their lives, especially for the uh, service tomorrow. Now, of course, we had the Kiwis over there in the, uh, in the UK, and uh, they had their world final last week, which we spoke to Mitch Vickery. Now, of the four boys over there, Keegan Levine, Ethan Levine, Randall Tarrant, and Mitch Vickery, only Randy actually managed to finish the world final at Ipswich, a gruelling 25-odd laps. Um, they had to have a full restart at the start, but Randall came home in 20th place. Uh, Mitch was sitting up, I think, around the top six. You can never sort of tell too much um, with UK racing. It's quite messy compared to our racing, which you can tend to follow not too bad. But um, at the time of Mitch being quite up the at the pointy end, or thereabouts, um, Frankie Wayman was actually leading, Frankie Wayman Jr., um, a car in front of him, decided uh, to expire an engine, and basically Frank and uh, Mitch had nowhere to go, but into the uh, into the expired car. Uh, Randall, yeah, coming home 20th place, and the only Kiwi to finish, and Keegan and Ethan, well, they actually failed to start the race as such, so basically... Um, on the first initial start of the race, uh, Ethan had a, I think, a right rear flat tyre on the NZ46. Um, Keegan continued, but found he had a leaking tyre over the course of uh, course of time. And before the restart, the full restart, 
he uh, he pulled inside as well with uh, I think a, a right front flat um, on his car. So both failing to sort of take the start line as such. It's a bit bit strange over there when you have a full restart, you don't get a chance to fix your cars. It's just as it is, and unfortunately for the two boys being down uh, near the back of the field, they got caught up in a massive pile up, which is always seems to be the case on a world final night. Of course, it was Charlie Swarter who came through from uh, row four to take the title. Um, the youngest Brisket F1 champion at the age of 20, beating Peter Falding to that by, I think it was 200 and something days. So uh, big things potentially for Charlie Swarter in the number five. Of course, we saw him in a bit of controversy at the European, and uh, here he is in, uh, as the new F1 champion of the world uh, with the Brisket V8s. On a positive note for the Kiwis, though, they went over to Northampton the next day for the World Masters, uh, which is a, a shale track, albeit, like we talked with Mitch, it, it tends to um, become a tar track because it's, it is literally shale chucked over the top of the old tar track. Um, Mitch Vickery come away with third place and officially takes out the highest honour of a Kiwi in a brisket F1 championship. So well done to Mitch. He's had a great time over there. Um, as I say, he put a lot of work into that Frankie Wayman junior hire car and, and obviously with Sammy and Terence over there as well helping him. They had a, uh, a great result, I think a great result to finish their trip. And I think the Kiwis in general will be very happy with that result regardless of it not being them bringing the trophy as such. It was still one of the, one of the boys... And uh, no doubt for all four of them, the experience would have been massive. Actually, all six of them, really, because we got Terence and Sammy on track as well. Hopefully, we might have a new uh, V8 Hot Stock World Champion after this weekend. As I say, we just talked to James Billows in the first half of the show, the 402 car, starting inside row 12. Um, and my money, I'm going to bet on my mate John Brown, triple, uh, sorry, 288 or... <laughs> I was going to say triple two, which is the other mate guy, Jolly. But hopefully John can bring the title from outside row two. Either way, that is our show. We're counting down towards the New Zealand Speedway season. We'll have a few more local tracks and drivers before we get underway. And until then, though, huge thanks, of course, to Speedway Garage Bar & Grill, which is in Palmerston North and Whanganui now. And, of course, Gary in Australia, their Burn Art Cars, our as I say, make sure you get hold of gears and start organising those Christmas presents. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and we'll uh, see you doing in the dirt next week. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.